In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Not a full house today, but we've got a crisp-looking threesome, and we're going to be joined by a fourth before it's all said and done. Ron Thomas is with me, Buddy Christensen as well. Uh, John Rodas detained, being the director of golf at River Creek. Things happen. Last-second cancellations, staffing shortages. Killed him not to be here today. John Gould's off what? Doing an event? Yes. As always? Yep. Busy time Busy of year. time for him. Yes, indeed. Buddy, good to see you again. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad okay. to be back with you guys. Very good. Very good. So today's episode, I titled, Live or Die Time for Some Aging PGA Stars. Like that? Live, get it, L-I-V? Yes. This is the week that the Norman-fronted, Saudi-backed tour, the Live Tour, became a thing because of the leaked field. I don't think they've officially announced it yet. This was a leak. Yeah, I don't think that a a full field has been announced, and uh, who knows? I I think they're just making it up as they go. It does kind of seem that way, doesn't it? And the big shocker is Dustin Johnson. He had previously pledged his allegiance to the PGA Tour, but we all know what that is worth. Nothing. He said in a statement he had to do what was best for him and his family. The Telegraph of London reported that he got nearly $125 million to go ahead and jump ship. His career earnings are $75 million. He makes $11 million approximately off the course in endorsements. $4 million of that is tied up in RBC, which just dropped him like a hot potato. Talk to me about this Dustin Johnson shocker, Ron Thomas. It's not surprising. Uh, Dustin Johnson, I'm going to try and be nice here. (laughs) Uh, You know, we've talked about maybe a a lack of intelligence or the ability to uh, communicate and express himself. And I think that really the only thing that... Uh, makes sense to him most of the time is dollar signs. Right. And to that, uh, I don't know, is she maybe his wife now? Yes, uh, Paulina. Paulina, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they run in some pretty heavy circles. Sure. And people who have a lot of money <clears throat> tend to look, excuse me, tend to look at other people who have more, more money and they think, think I want to be I, like them. I want that. Isn't that weird that they run, you know, the, the more you have, it seems like, Sometimes the more you want. Well, it's not the, always. Yeah. Well, the boat is bigger. The jet is right. newer and nicer. And right. uh, the home and the things that, uh, you know, because he's achieved a lot already, obviously, in his career, in his golf career. And maybe they just go to the next level of achievement. And that yeah. is income. Now, you, uh, you danced around DJ's personality. He was being polite, buddy. I like to say DJ has an uncluttered mind. How's that? For <laughs> he, a he's got a simple youth? mind. Yes, he does have, and and that can work for you in the game of golf, right? 
Yes. So, so it's worked for him. Um, but, you know, all you're talking about right now is money, 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 right? And that's what this whole thing seems to be about. And it seems to have – it felt like it had some real steam, and then it went to nothing. Right. Then it felt like stop, go, stop, go. So the fact that Dustin's involved in all of that type of thing kind of makes sense to me. The, 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 the easy pluckings of the 40-somethings, the Westwoods, the Garcias, the Poulters, the Stensons, that made more sense. This is the youngest of the still viable studs. He's 13th in the world, but seemingly slipping. 37, he's won two majors or one and a half. He won the <laughs> fanless October Masters, which I guess counts. And he's probably thinking to himself, well, when am I ever going to get this kind of payday again? Yeah, and something else that's very revealing is that you would think that these players would want to achieve greatness on the golf course by beating the best in the world. Right. They're, he's not going over there to win golf tournaments. It's simple. He's going over there. It's a money grab. Well, if he goes over there and doesn't win, how embarrassing is that? I, I don't. I, I mean, the list of names had five it times. It, it you don't matter. think it matters? I, not the way that he's doing it. I'm more shocked at Taylor Gooch, for one. <laughs> okay, in. let's talk about that. <laughs> Taylor Gooch is one of these lesser names that only us hardcore golf nerds even know about. What's the story on Taylor Gooch? A young, up-and-coming guy. Um, How young? 20s? Hey, he's early 20s. Okay. Mid 20s, maybe. I'll look him up but, right but now. You keep relatively talking. Relatively new to the, you know, a, a force out there. When he's in a tournament, you, you see a name, you say, okay, he's got a shot at winning this. So, and he's at the beginning stages of all of that. So the fact that he jumped there, they grabbed a couple amateurs, high end yes. amateurs. So those were, to me, the more shocking part of this whole Taylor equation. Gooch is 30. So there's that. It's interesting. And the name that was not on the list, not yet, although there's another week before this thing begins, is one Phil Mickelson. How shocking is that? What is Mickelson's play? Is Mickelson now tainted goods on both tours? (laughs) I don't – there's no way he's tainted goods on the live tour. So why is he laying back on this? I read one thing where they talked about maybe they've held some back for the next one so it didn't look like they just shot everyone out there, and that's all they got. So now you get another wave on the next one. So it's a perceived momentum building. Possibly. Interesting. So like soldiers storming the beaches of Normandy, wave one and wave two. And maybe it'll go like Normandy, unfortunately. Right, right. Where they get cut down one by one. The next big question, boys, is what does the tour have the stones to actually well, do. What I need from both of you, because I'm not up on it, is what is the exact policy procedure for them to leave the PGA Tour for an event? Well, they have to, they have to get a release. Okay. They have to ask for a release for an event that competes with the PGA Tour, and the Tour can and has in the past at times granted them, but not always. In this case, everyone who asked for a release – we're denied. Okay, so what are the repercussions for Taylor Gooch and We're Dustin about to Jones? find we out. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. So they, they literally, uh, I mean, I think Rory came out and said, I don't know that you just go chop them right now. Yeah, so, Rory's so kind of saying, I hope they don't come down, you know, too hard on them, which and, is interesting, you know. Well, Rory's was, sort of playing all the angles here. Because originally it felt like you go do that, you're done. You're out of here. We don't need you anymore. Right. Now, but it, the fact they haven't done that yet. But they did say we're not 
we're, we're, we're not in favor of this at all. No. I, I, I don't think the initial clearly... tour stance was just that. It was a stance. Yeah. It was not so much a, yes, we're really going to do this. Now the rubber's hitting the road, and we're going to find out what's the tour willing to do. Now, am I going to miss Dustin Johnson if he never plays the tour again? Not exactly. But what I think they grab, again, going back to Taylor Gooch and these amateurs, they grabbed a collection of guys. It's not just Lee Westwood and Graham McDowell and, you know, uh, the upper 40s that are going to go get this Poulter. money. Poulter. Um, they grabbed a couple of the younger guys. I was, I was interested in how that whole mix is. And then if they get that next tournament with a few more and the PGA Tour does not make a hard stance, now what do they got on their hands? But then you see a guy like Andy Ogletree. Yeah. And you think, all right, what is going on here? I mean, what, <laughs> what kind of field are we looking at? I mean, granted, he, you know, he won the U.S. Amateur. Fine player. But wow. Here's the top guys according to the official world golf rankings. Dustin Johnson's 13. Louis Oosthuizen's 20. Kevin Na, 33. Taylor Gooch, 35. Sergio, 54. Pablo Larrazabal. 65, Richard Bland, 66. <laughs> then you got the Matt Joneses, Sean Norris's, Sam Horsfield's, Lee Westwood, Ryusi Kinoshita from Japan, Poulter, uh, Burnt Cheeseburger, Hudson Swafford, Oliver Becker, uh, Jinichiro Kozuma from Japan, on down the list. And then there's names like Sodom Kawakajana from Thailand, and Pacharcha Kwong Matai from Thailand, all the way down the list. Um, it's an interesting bag. Oh, and Brooks Kepka's brother's in it. What, Chase again, Kepka. I mean. That is a, that is a, it's, it's a mangy group, isn't it? Uh, you know what? This is a disaster. This is what I think it is. I think it's a complete and utter disaster. For who? The Live Tour or for, for the, the PGA li- Tour? For the Live Tour, for, for these players that are going over there and playing in it, truthfully. And, but now the PGA Tour has to do something, one way or the other, right? So once right. they do that, then what does that do? If they don't do anything, then some more guys start to go do this. If they get really hard on this, then they're stuck with that, right? right? And then I, where I do they go? I would say if you're Dustin Johnson, here would be my calculus with him if I was his agent. I'd say, all right, DJ, it's $125 million. We're going to get it up front in cash, in the bank. No promises, no payment schedule. This is the price of your reputation. We're going to go do this. We're going to take a lot of fallout, a lot of heat. We may be kicked off the tour for a period of a couple of years. You may miss a Ryder Cup cycle. But probably in the end, this tour will fold. Your 125 mil will be in the bank. And the tour will eventually forgive or let you reapply for instatement. And things will wash down the river. I, I would How's guess, that for I, a, a sort of a game plan? I think it's probably spot on. Okay. Well, I hopefully really you got the 125 in the bank. Oh, if I, did, that would be my number one and yeah. only condition. Because he he's their biggest guy. No doubt. Without him, it's barely viable. We right. shall well, see. And, and you got Ricky Fowler, right? That That's kind of waffled on whether he's going or not. I did that not see be, Ricky on this list. No, he's not on the list okay. now. But he could be that following... You know, it sounded like Bryson DeChambeau was looking at this. But he's not on the list as of right now. He's also heard. So, question, how much of a threat is this really to the PGA Tour? I think it just throws it all up. They had a really nice, you know, bottled up product working, right? right? And now it's just scattered it all over the place. So, if they can get all this wrapped together... 
they'll be fine, but they're at risk more than ever okay. before. I, I don't think it's a threat. I think it is going to be a catalyst for change. And the change, of course, is going to be... Appearance big, fees? Appear, well, Guaranteed money? B- bigger purses. I don't think they can go appearance fees, but bigger purses. Where are they going to get the money for the bigger purses? Well, according to Phil Mickelson, you know, the money's there. They have plenty of money. Has um, he made a pitch to these corporate sponsors that are already extending themselves to yeah. pay for these events? They're expensive tour events, I'm telling you. All right, uh, there will be lawyers. That's the one thing we know. There will be lawyers. On the one hand, it's a big, juicy story in the world of golf. On the other hand, I do hate talking about it, Ron, because it's not the game we love. No, it isn't. And it is not surprising that it has come to the surface because of the times we're living in. It only makes sense that something like this is coming up. It's just... right. All right, let's pivot to the match. Did you watch any of it last night? Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with a clutch. Seven iron, 15-foot birdie putt on 18 at the club, which was number 12. But it's the 18th hole. It's a par three in front of a waterfall. I watched a little bit of it. A little bit. I actually turned it on right when Brady shanked one. So I missed (laughs) prior to that. I saw the shank. I saw a couple good shots. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't see the end. I was off watching something with Mahomes is then. annoyingly good because you're like, Jesus, he's good at this, too. Yeah. He's it got, just annoys he's you. He's got a lot of club head speed, but he's got a wicked over-the-top move. That's and true. It is wicked. But he's got some good hands, though, around he, the he green. He does. He does. Yeah, just, like all athletes do. So, um, overall, as a concept, where is this now? After multiple iterations, tour pros to start – one-on-one, Phil versus Tiger for a million bucks. Then they started adding on some, you know, golfers, some, some athletes with this pro golfers. Now we just had quarterbacks. Where are we at? I think there are enough bro dudes out there that love golf so much and uh, love barstool sports and, you know, these types of things that uh, this is going to be something that can sustain itself. Somebody said we should get four big linemen who are all 15 <laughs> handicaps, the, the, and you drink a whole, a beer a whole when you lose a whole. The, the possibilities are <laughs> limitless. They really are. It doesn't sound like you watched, though, Ron. Uh, I did. Uh, well, you I were at a concert I last night. I was at Coldplay last How was night. It? Oh, it was fantastic. Okay. And then, but when we did record it, and my son and I did watch about the first seven holes when we got home. Okay. So. Do you remember the old night golf uh, events with Tiger and Duvall? At uh, out Big in Horn. California, Bighorn Big was one. Yeah. Fred Funk uh, played. He wore a skirt. Sherwood was another one. That was the Skins game, I believe. Right. Yeah, that was but Skins yeah, game. Yep. the night golf was an interesting thing. They start in the evening. It turns in a night. Couple holes. I remember. So they've tried this stuff. I, it's entertaining if, if you don't want to better watch than it, nothing, right? It, and it's 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 not must must watch. The first one, Tiger Phil, right? That kind of felt like must watch. That was on uh, right. the right. day after Thanksgiving. Um, these just feel like they're another event to what, watch. What's interesting about elite athletes, Ron, when you go, get to watch them play golf, seriously, and what's not interesting, in your opinion, Well, many times, them? many times what's not interesting is the dialogue, the dialect. They reveal themselves maybe. It's a little bit forced. Yes, a little forced and maybe not quite as clever or humorous as, sh- uh, <laughs> you know, sharp-tongued as we might think. Right. Brady's just an all-around stud, but uh, the thing that – I appreciate is having those cameras on them and hitting the golf ball with 
millions of people watching and to be able to perform. There's a lot of people who wouldn't be able to put the peg in the ground, but these yeah. guys are used to the big moments. I wish they would have allowed anybody who wanted to walk in off the strip to be on that golf course and just crowd around, to be like Happy Gilmore, where they're just literally lining every tee box and every green. Of course, it's too nice of a place to allow all the unwashed yeah. masses out there. Well, it was fun to hear them ask them to move back. I don't well, know if you they, saw that. I like, saw some, and they hit <laughs> some. Yeah, like, I'm not a pro. <laughs> I could kill you. They hit some into the crowd, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, and people weren't even noticing the balls coming flying by their heads. No, so. no. All right. All right, when we come back, we'll play a quick nine. I've got some juice hypothetical holes it is the capital golf gang presented by golfdom here in the beautiful fitting bay right in the middle of golfdom in tyson's corner we're back after this you are listening to the capital golf gang four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. All right, we are back here. Myself, John Ronas, Buddy, or not John Ronas, but Ron Thomas, and Buddy Christensen in the uh, fitting studio here at Golfdom. Time to play a quick nine. We'll start with hole number one. How picky is too picky about how your golf clubs look. I am not someone. In fact, when I give my golf clubs to the cart crew at our club, I, I tip them and I oftentimes say, don't worry about it. Really? Don't yeah. even clean them? <clears throat> I don't care. They probably do anyway. They just do. Just out of but diligence, it, I, you know? They do, but I just, I'm not that guy. Okay. Yeah. When you say picky, you're talking about cleanliness or like oh, they, the, the there's, customizations? There's, or where are we going here? There's something else here, buddy, and i got to disclose to you. Buddy, by the way, has moved heaven and earth to get me into my new beautiful Titleist T200 irons. Against all odds and shipping delays and supply chain stuff, and they're gorgeous clubs, and they hit the ball beautifully. However, when I got fitted here, buddy, I didn't see the full set. Okay. The gap wedge for this Titleist T200 series irons doesn't say W, doesn't say A, doesn't say GW. It says 48. 48. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm what... like, oh, I was so deflated because I'm such a picky Pete. I'm like, I don't want a 48 wedge. Well, it says 48. I, I want it to be 9P gap. So the tour guys are coming on the tour van saying, hey, can you take this 48 and make it into a 47? He's walking on the van saying, hey, can you, can you rub that off? 48 <laughs> put, a, put a G on it yeah. for me? Plus the pitching wedge has a tiny little 43 ground into the heel as well because the lofts now on all the clubs, right, are all over the place. They're all over the place. you got to go gap it backwards at times. So you got to kind of know this information. It's not so simple. Is there not anywhere else on the club they could (laughs) denote this is a 48-degree gap wedge? And just give me a simple... W on the bottom. I'll, I'll take it to the highest powers I, that I can. I, to get from now fixed. on, Steve, I want you to call your 48 the Jimmy Johnson. The <laughs> Jimmy Johnson yes. car. The 48 car. Give me the 48 <laughs> car, please. All right, I'm definitely going to put some tape over the 43 on the pitching. Well, wedge. that's your Richard Petty. That's I mean, just that. 
just floored me. Okay, hole number two. Should a higher percentage of NCAA individual winners go on to become tour pros? Because I was looking back, and it's about 50% of guys who end up making it on tour. I would think, Ron, that you win the NCAAs. You're going to be on tour, right? Yeah. What happens? I really don't know. I I don't know how to answer this question because I've oftentimes thought of it myself, but I don't know. I feel for those guys. I think, buddy, imagine being able to say, I won the NCAA individual against all these young studs, and now I'm out of golf. Yeah, but think about there's guys that win a tour event that are out of golf in a couple years. That's true, too. It's just a tough game. Yeah. That you gotta you gotta continue to stay on top. It, I saw that list of individual winners, and there's some really good players, and there were some good players that were unbelievable when they played then, and they're and not so now. much anymore, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, hole number three. Did you see the Scott Stallings ruling train wreck at Colonial? I didn't. I okay. didn't either. I'll describe it briefly, and then I'll get to my point. Stallings airmails the green on twelve. He's obstructed by the TV tower. TIO, Temporary Immovable Obstruction. So he gets relief, but he's got to pick the nearest point on an arc going either side of the, uh, of the tower. Now, he can't choose either side. He's got to go to the closest one on that same arc, okay? So it's not you can go left or right, your choice. He's got to go to the closest point. In this case, the closest point was left by a few feet, and it was on a bad lie near a, a water hazard. He didn't like it. So he goes back, and he's mulling over his options. He then realizes, oh, there's a sprinkler head here. I can take relief from the sprinkler head, and I'll take relief just to the right, and that will unlock the right side of the option for the tower relief. Okay? So he then takes relief from that. However, he's now up against this giant Hollywood sign of letters that spells out FedEx Cup. <laughs> Eight-foot-tall letters, huge base. He's blocked by that. Oh my so God. the rules official says, yes, you get relief from that. And he takes his tee, and he puts it in the ground, and then he takes two drivers, and he folds them over through the FedEx sign. He literally steps through the sign to the other side. He puts his tee down. He's still obstructed. So he takes another two, str- two club-length drop, mm. and he's finally free and clear of everything. He then assesses his shot and leaves it short on the green, on the fringe, and makes bogey. It took 26 minutes. I was just going to ask how long it took. It, he, was he in the final group? He was in the second to last oh, group. Brutal. Took 26 minutes, and Harold Varner was sitting there at tied at minus 10 for a second, I think. And he was, I mean, he was doing the best he could. He looked like he was not mad because these tour pros have to deal with this all yeah. the time, right? But he was like, okay, okay, okay. Ends up four-putting for a triple. And then he, he played his last seven holes, 10 over par. Oh, he yeah. finished the tournament at even. Yeah, I yeah. saw he fell apart. Completely I didn't know, I didn't fell know apart. that was yeah. anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, or anything that was oh, that, even in play. It had to have sure. something to Com- do with it, right? Totally, totally. You start thinking yeah. about, I'm leading this golf tournament. I'm blah, 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 blah. The possibilities, the money, these things you're thinking about right. with all this downtime instead of focusing on your play. Now, in the, in the fairway waiting to play up with Scotty Scheffler, and the TV announcer said he's only played a hole and a half in the last 45 minutes. Brutal. Brutal. So my question is, why is there not a time limit on these drops? 
Why do guys get to sit there, talk to the rules official, ask him, well, you sure I can't do this? You sure I can't do that? It's very simple. I think the tour players should have to make their own rulings, their own drops, and if they're wrong, they suffer the consequences. Stop babysitting these guys and tell them you got five minutes. Figure it out. Yeah, or more importantly, uh, if you know that this is this is something that comes up a lot. It's going through the procedure. We talked about it with a drop off the cart path or someone with Rory or someone, but. In a case like this where you know you were going to have a really negative impact on the players behind you, just jump over. Go Here is the ultimately going to be your drop. Let's skip all this other minutia. Right. And let's just finalize here for the sake of pace of play. Sure. For the sake of final group, for TV, for all of these variables, here's where your drop is ultimately going to be. He could have gone over the tower even. It was not even that bad. He could have just hit a big flop shot. But didn't want to. So, I don't know. I just thought it was patently unfair to everyone else that such a train wreck of a ruling would derail everybody. And and it must be pointed quickly. uh, Sorry. Harold Varner, the way he handled that loss, I love this guy. I don't know if you saw him. It's a growing experience, he said. He was signing autographs, taking uh, selfies with other with fans, right? What a quality guy! I, I did see him signing autographs for the kids, and yeah. and he's done this before, where he's had some some really good experiences mm-hmm. where things didn't go his way, but he's got a nice upbeat yeah. attitude about it. And Mito last week in the same type of thing oh. as he interviewed after. That's refreshing to see mm-hmm. those type of yes. personalities. Okay, uh, hole number four. What would be better, shot tracer sunglasses? So you're there playing golf. You've got sunglasses that show you shot tracer of you and your buddies, or a device that would find where your ball is anywhere, anytime. B. Never lose a ball. There's got to be a – eventually you know there's going to be a chip in, a, in the golf ball. Yeah. It's going to be the top golf type chip, and you're going to be able to look at your phone, and your GPS coordinate is going to come right up, and you're going to walk right to it. Why do we have that it. already? I know. It seems very simple. Can't, yeah. can't weigh a lot. Just well, throw it in. Talk there. to some of your vendors. Well, yeah, the right. golf ball manufacturers, they're worried about they want lost the, the balls. 48 off your, uh, your cap wedge. <laughs> <laughs> Hole number five. What is the most you would ever, ever pay for a golf hat? Uh, boy, they, I, they, they're, they're up there they're in price. Get, they're getting aggressive. In, in, I yes. saw for the first time ever a $75 hat. Done not shock me. It's at great. True North in Arizona, yep. seventy five dollars. I'm like, okay, I like hats and I'm bald, but new. <laughs> How about new on that one? Yeah, my- thirty five is about my outer limit because I know what hats cost, buddy. Yeah, yeah. well, it used to be nineteen ninety nine covered any hat, right? Maybe twenty five bucks. Now thirty five. Um, I I agree. There, there's a fashion to it now that wasn't there before, right. so that's part of the reason. There's, there, the costs have gone up, obviously, in some ways, but I don't know. To What's the most expensive hat, hat here at Golfstone? I, I would imagine. You got a $45 hat I, I at Travis Matthew, probably? 45 or $50 hat. Okay. Yeah. You sell a lot of hats here, don't we you? We do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, well, right. my, my hat size is completely restricted. Or that my hat bucket. selection. Yeah, I mean, Big I old a, hat. yeah. So yeah. I, if I find a hat, I don't care what the price is if it fits. But I do buy from Imperial Direct. And Imperial releases their. You do? Uh, oh yeah, they re- well they release the U.S. Open hats in advance. So I already have a Brook two Brookline wow. hats, and they have double X. Got so. an account yeah. with Imperial? You, anybody can. You no, can you can buy, buy online. Direct from the, okay. Yeah, and they, yeah. and they have the USGA stuff. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hole number six. Quick nine. 
Would you rather caddy for a top 10 tour pro who is a raging you-know-what or a nice guy ranked 75th? Give me number one. Yeah, so, I'll t- yeah, I'll take you'll the, take you'll take the attitude and the misery and completely. everything else for the money and for being in the hunt every week. That's it, buddy. I'd I'd be in the same boat. Yeah, I think when it comes to that job, you you want performance. Okay, yeah. I don't know, man. I think depending on how much of a jerk he is, I might just take the easier job. The nice guy who's like, yeah, fine, we're not going to hit balls. <laughs> go go enjoy a movie yeah. on this Thursday night. Outback. All right, hole number seven. Something you swear. I have never seen that before on a golf course. I saw two things this past trip to Myrtle Beach, Ron, (laughs) that I have never in all my years of playing ever seen. Thing number one was a cart guy who wouldn't let you load up your cart until just before he was ready to send you out to go play. The carts were sitting there. Nobody else was coming to get in them but he wouldn't let us put our bags and get our stuff situated in the cart. Remember that guy? I, uh, you mean the cart Nazi? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I remember. I, I couldn't I've, understand what his deal was. Yeah, I've thought about him too many times since then. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, why was he doing that? What was his end game? What was the purpose for this? Uh, my guess is he's a former like high school marine. football coach or a Marine or a principal or something. Like, and this he, is the way I do uh, it. He took it seriously. And then he wouldn't even let me go back to my bag. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, we're not touching anything. And then when it was time to go over to the driving range to hit balls, I got in the cart, which I got yelled at, and I said, are you telling me that I just paid – this is exactly what $110. I said. $110. I just paid $115, and you're telling – and they told me I had to buy my balls, but you're telling me I can't drive this cart over to the driving range? No, we don't do that here. I thought, oh, oh God, boy. get me away from this guy. Yeah. This isn't going to go well. Yeah. And we won't say what it was, Glenn Dornick in uh, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle <laughs> Beach, but we don't, we don't like to say that on here. Uh, the other thing I saw, buddy, for the first time ever, and I've never seen it before, I saw a green on the Davis Love design at Barefoot Landing, a green that was a perfect circle. That's all the shape of the circle. I stood on the green. It was the second hole, par three, and I go, what? Wait, wait. This is just a circle. Davis Love put his name to this how did this go down? Was Davis like, ah, oh, yeah, let's make that a circle. And was one of his shapers going, I don't know, boss, maybe make it like a little kidney bean shape? No, I said circle. I got a plane to catch. Circle. Yeah. It was the dumbest thing ever. Uh, we were playing I'd never together. never seen such we a were, thing. Yeah, and, it's, and it was a small circle. Yes. Not a big circle. So which, which hole was this? Two at the Davis Love design at Barefoot Landing. So I played this course once. And the guy I played against had a hole-in-one on that hole. The first part three. I don't remember which hole it was. It's number so, two. It might, it might have been. No, we might have played the nines backwards. might have been 11. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was oh, okay. 11. Right, so it was like number, right. I felt yep. like it was number three or number four. Yeah. So I don't remember that, that green. Well, there's nothing to remember except for I that. Guess, but I mean, it, it's a yeah. very forgetful place. But you would almost think you would notice that and remember it. I don't. It, it so insulted me that they're marketing the resort as, look at all these designers. Fazio, Love, Norman, Die, and one of the holes the green was a circle, <laughs> a perfect circle. It's, like, obvi- it's obvious what occurred there, Steve. These golf courses were built 
probably at the same time for easy maintenance, and then they paid yes for easy maintenance, okay. like we talked about low uh, low yeah. cost on cutting and on fertilizer. And then what they did is is they paid these guys to make an appearance right. and to use their name. Yeah, it's a marketing deal. Yeah, okay. Uh, anything that you've never seen, buddy, or you, Ron, that you're like, yeah, here's something I've never seen before. I can't come up with anything. I feel like I just experienced something on the golf course where I said I've never seen that before, but I cannot recall what it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I have quite a few that I can't recall right now. Okay. All right. Uh, hole number eight. You're playing your best golf of the summer. What amount per hole would make you sweat in terms of gambling with somebody who is a Good golfer himself. At what point did you go, oh, is it 100 a hole? Is it 50? 20? 200. I'm like you. I like my money. I don't like to give my money away. So I'm probably $25 a hole. But what if you felt like you could pluck this guy? Well, yeah. <laughs> what if he feels like he could pluck, pluck me? me. Right? He's like, you're the chicken, <laughs> yeah. not me. Uh, 25 a hole, it's big money. I don't think I've ever played for more than five a hole yeah. at most because that gets out of hand if you start going downhill. It, it can get out of hand. I, it's not, to me, about the money, even though it can be more. It's more, you know, I mean, if I've lost, if, if we're down, you know, $100 because we played that badly, but we can make up for it with some, some presses or, or whatever and make that back. It's more about the pride at the end of the thing. It's sure. not really the money. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it's all in, in where you're at the, for the day. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Webb Simpson played in a practice round at the PGA Championship with a group of guys, and I can't recall right now, but uh, Colt Nost was out interviewing them, and I was listening to it on Sirius XM PGA Tour, and... It turned out to be a thousand dollars a hole they were playing. Oh, for. Ho, 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 ho. And Webb said he didn't like it, but he was forced into it. Wow, thousand a hole they were didn't playing. Didn't like it. Nope. Okay. You yeah, I can't me. imagine Webb liking that. No, <laughs> thousand a holes. All right, last money. hole here, quick nine. Do you believe that letting your boss or a client beat you in a round of golf is actually good? <laughs> For work or business, no way. You don't think so? Zero. No. Yeah. What if you don't make it obvious? No. Like, what if it's just sort of like, huh? You beat me. Doesn't help. No. Doesn't help. What if you play great and your boss or client plays really bad? Then do you have to kind of apologize? I mean, I've been in those situations where the the boss is like, God, I'm playing terrible, and you feel bad because you want him to play well. Yeah. But you don't. You yourself don't want to play bad. I, I th- I've been a part of a round where I've. Missed something for a tie for someone. Oh, you have? A tie. You've Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> 18 at Potomac Shores oh, in our no, singles no, match? No, no, no. At no. the last Potomac me, Cup ever be, hold? I wanted to beat your ass. Okay, good. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. wow. buddy, that half it lives in lore <laughs> that I wrestled Ron to a half in that round. <laughs> All right, very good. We'll come back. Final segment here of the Capital Golf Gang this week. At Golfdom, big news from Buddy about this store, exciting news for the future, and some other odds and ends as we uh, get into the month of June in the world of golf. Don't go away. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. 
four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. All right, we are back here at Golfdom. Final segment this week, Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Buddy Christensen is with us today. Ron Thomas is part of the usual group, and we have a special guest here. I'm going to introduce in just a second here. But first, Buddy, exciting news about the store. Talk to us. Yeah, so we've, uh, we've merged with a larger organization, um, an organization that I've been friends with uh, the CEO for many, many years, and uh, they were recently bought uh, last year uh, by another family out of Bethesda, out of the area here, and they don't have any stores anywhere near the D.C. market, um, and we've been casual talks for, for a while, and, and uh, last month we have, have joined together. So and what's they, the organization? Worldwide Golf Shops. Okay. And they own... Um, Different brands across the country, but Edwin Watts is a well-known one. Uh, Golfers had uh, Warehouse, uh, Roger Dunn, uh, Golf Mart. So I think they have seven or eight that they tout, and they have a few more even outside of that. Okay, good. Great, great uh, family, great organization, uh, great opportunity for the employees uh, and for the Golfton brand, quite frankly. We'll, we'll grow because of this. And, and you're still very much part of Golfton here in Tyson. I Florida. will still very much be a part of, uh, of Golfton and of the overall organization. And it's important to point out how much this family loves the game of golf. Yes. They're fanatics. The Shen family. The Shen family. Yes. You know them, Ron. You oh, hosted I, them in Indy. I do. For the, the 500. Nicest people you could ever meet. Well, that's yes. good. That's exciting. Well, yes. we're, we're just happy that we can do our little show in here. Thank you for having us. Well, and, and again, we'll keep it going. as far as the consumers go, nothing's really changed. They bought this organization to or, or our store and operation for what it is and how it is and how we do things. A few tweaks here and there, but, but really from a shopping experience, it'll be the same. As I tell the employees, they just got a paycheck coming from there a different go. account. There you go. And one of your best guys, Randy Ramsey, joins us now. Randy, good to see you again. Sales manager, you are always in that ball pit in the middle of the store <laughs> That's there. where it all happens. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the bunker where all the golf balls are in the middle of the store. I love it. I'm just glad we're starting to sell more because I'm not, uh, not that tall, so I need to look, look up over the balls. <laughs> That's right. It was getting pretty high. Yeah. Uh, before we get into golf with Randy, uh, his son plays baseball at Maryland, pitcher. Yes. And he is good. Yes. He threw a perfect game the other mo- month ago. Last month, Yeah, right? last month. Against Northwestern, yeah, only one the of fifteenth, fifteenth perfect, perfect game in in the history of college baseball, and the second at the University of Maryland. Second, uh, second for a long time. The, the very first one was thrown. Very first perfect game ever was thrown at the University of Maryland. Wow, back in the day, and then uh, yeah, lefty, lefty uh, took some of what I had imparted on him. Uh, <laughs> and when I say some, about 1%, yeah. took it to his level. Your son's name, I'm sorry. Ryan Ramsey. Ryan Ramsey. Yep. And he is a junior? Junior this year. And then uh, the squad, Maryland Terps, will play their first uh, NCAA game uh, this Friday night uh, at Terps. Uh, Terps land, first time ever that they're hosting I was going to say, how, how does that work? that they get to host because of their overall ranking? Yeah, overall ranking, they're ninth or 10th in the country, and then the top 16 teams in the country uh, host 
Uh, so 64 total teams get in. And, and Maryland, it's, uh, need to point out, 45-12 and 12 this year, the most wins in the history of the program. And uh, even more encouraging is a 23-2 and two record at home. So. Uh, yeah, 24-2. Yeah, so we'll take one two. more. Yeah. Prior to this run, what, what, what was Maryland known for baseball? In uh, particular, they've they've had a good little run here in 2014 and 15. They made the uh, super regionals, so that's the Sweet 16 of right. of baseball. So they made it there. A uh, little bit of a, a tweener time, and then the last couple of years, they've been they've been back strong. Had two or three guys that could have should have gone pro last year that decided, hey, let's let's jump on one more time, see what nice. we can do. So they're 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 powered up right how now. How did how did your son decide he wanted to go there? Uh, we were up in New Jersey at the time, and the coaching staff, Coach Vaughn, uh, if you've ever met Rob Vaughn, uh, that's, a, that's, that's a guy that you'll hand your child off to for, for three or four years and just say, regardless of baseball, he's, right. my, my son's going to learn how to be a, a, a better man and a better person by, by hanging out with Coach Vaughn. Awesome. Yeah. And, awesome. I, and I brought Randy here, so it, it, Thankfully. it was all meant to be. Yeah. That's true. You were living in Florida at the time, right? Uh, Florida and then Jersey, so we were up in oh, Jersey, that's right. when, he got, Jersey. when he got recruited. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then yeah. we came down. The recruiting process, they said, hey, wouldn't this be, as we were up in Jersey, so some of the other schools up there said, hey, maybe you should hang out here. It's nice to be able to go home for a home-cooked meal. And then we moved down. Uh, his grandparents live 15 minutes from campus, so we kind of said, you know what, you're right about that home-cooked meal, and we're going to yeah. take care of it at Maryland. That's wonderful. Yeah. Two, two questions, Randy. One, is Ryan going to be drafted, or has he been drafted, or do we anticipate it happening? Uh, the anticipation is there, so things are good. We'll see how the next couple of weeks go, but he, uh, proud dad, he, he was invited to the uh, MLB draft combine out at, out at Petco. Nice. Awesome. So at least his, he's on the board, and the opportunity will be there, whatever that Second question: When is he scheduled to pitch? Is he one of these games this? Yeah, he'll be he'll be Friday night. He's he's the guy he's for the Friday f- night, and see if he can recreate that magic from from last month. So he's then, the ace. Uh, well, you can say the, it. They, they, now they have they three. have three. They okay, have, they have three true. The guy that's going to pitch in the third game was our Friday night starter at the beginning, and then they've just kind of rotated based on hey, you're up, you're feeling good, you're hey. Extra time, so it's been great. And if Maryland wins, again, this airs on Saturday, so you listening will know if we won or not. But if Maryland wins on Friday night, they would play on Saturday night about 7 o'clock, correct? About 7 o'clock against the winner of UConn-Wake Forest. Great. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, and for this segment, more importantly, uh, the young lad, yes, baseball is important, but Monday we went out and played golf, and he, he knocks it around pretty well, good. So if he's going to be a pitcher in the major leagues, exactly. he has to travel with the clubs. That's what Craig Maddox did mm-hmm. for 20 years Smoltz. in the bigs. Yeah, yep. Smoltz, all those yep. guys. Exactly. Great. Uh, it's beautiful. Congratulations, Yeah, Randy. congratulations. That's great. So uh, this week is the U.S. Women's Open at a place very special to us, Ron. That is Pine Needles in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Uh, it knocked us out of that spot. That's where we're at Myrtle Beach with the stupid circle greens. <laughs> but we'll be back at Pine Needles next year. And I'm excited to see it on TV because I just love the course. And what happened to the course over the years, the last 10 years, this guy by the name of Kyle Franz, who is becoming more and more well-known as a shaper, designer, sort of a modifier of existing layouts, did a wonderful job of transforming this very cute girl into a supermodel of a layout. 
keep going because uh, you love this place. And tell them about the golf course, what they can expect to see, the Donald Ross design. Oh, well, it's and- Donald Ross classic design. There's actually a lot of elevation change for that part of you know Pine Needles, Southern Pines area. It's pretty flat for the most part, but it's got some up and downs. It's through the pine trees. There's no houses anywhere. Talk about the lodge. The, the, oh, the lodge stuck, is right there. It's, it's stuck in time. It is. <laughs> Peggy, Peggy Kirk Bell, um, or Peggy, Peggy Bell, Kirk Bell, Peggy, Peggy, Peggy Kirk Bell, yeah. uh, pretty much the driving founder of the resort. It's part of the family. She was a, I believe she was a professional she herself was. and taught mm-hmm. PGA professional. They are very pro uh, teaching women of golf. They have a bunch of women golfaries, they call them, in the month of May where they're out there, and uh, it is an incredible place. It really I is. I should stop talking about it because I don't want anyone else <laughs> to know about it. But you'll see it this week on USA Network Thursday, Friday. 3 to 8, uh, excuse me, 3 to 8 p.m. on USA, and then uh, Friday, Saturday, I believe, NBC picks it up. Uh, uh, it's USA from 1 to 3, then USA or NBC picks it up from 3 to yeah. 8. Yeah. So We've got 20 years, <clears throat> fellas of putting our golf balls all over that property. Have you guys been there? I've been there multiple times. I love mid-pines, go across street play, and back and forth. And we'll play 36 on both of them. That's our deal. I had lunch with Peggy Kirk Bell sitting right here. uh, The first time we went down there, I want to say. They said she might drive her... Her old Model T, yeah, or whatever. Across the driving range. Sure. um, And there's a... Donna Andrews yes. is a local, or Lynchburg, Virginia. She's down there. Yes. Because mm-hmm. um, I got some friends that know her well. But it's awesome, awesome place. Yeah. <laughs> Good I mean, stuff. You can't find two better courses, really, literally, next to each other across for a golf street. trip. Yeah, yeah it's Golf nice. cart right across the street. Back and stayed, forth. In the, so, stayed in the house right in between the two, right off the number 10 T one time. Oh, Just yeah. Just went back and forth. Yep. And awesome. Who do, you, uh, who do you like to win? Uh, I think that uh, Lydia Ko is going to win. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a good call. I, I love women's golf. I'm well, then we got the LPGA uh, coming to Congressional in less than a month. KPMG, well, yeah. If you get, if, KPMG, yeah. If any of you listeners who don't watch a lot of women's golf, if you get a chance, turn on the U.S. Women's Open and watch a a wonderful group of ladies play, but more importantly, or not more importantly, but as importantly, you get to see an amazing golf course. Yeah. Absorb it for the tempo. And it's gonna Absorb the ladies' swings for the tempo. Just let it soak over you, and you'll get, you'll, your tempo will be better for a week. And yeah. know that those approach shots into those greens are terrifying. Oh, yes. It's, the ball is incredible, the fall-off. The, the fall-offs and how firm and fast. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a hard course to score, but it's fun to play. It is. All right, boys. Good show this week. Thanks for uh, tuning in. And uh, don't forget, Golfdom in Tyson's Corner is your place for all your golf needs. Fitting, apparel, clubs, accessories, shoes, balls, naked lady tees, rangefinders, you name it. Come on down. In the meantime, get out and play some golf. I know it's hot already, but it's summer. Let's do it, and we'll see you next week right here on the Capital Golf Gang.